Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, we are coming to you before the City game. Uh, we're going to take a look at um, how the teams might line up, how they might approach the game, where it might be won and lost, and maybe a little bit towards what we could maybe be looking forward to after the national break. And to discuss that with me, I've got uh, Dave Cameron in Brazil. Dave, how are you doing, sir, with your new guitar and your electrified mosquito-killing tennis racket? These are essential items in life, Dave. <laughs> no, I, I'm fine, apart from the fact I'm still I'm still struggling to get over your tweet earlier on. But but other than that, let it bleed a superior album to the Exile on Main Street. But we're not we not going. I'm, I'm, I'm not fine. having right. I'm not I'm not having this debate now. I'm no, not no, having well, this debate well, ever because <laughs> you'll lose. But uh, other than that, I'm fine. But I'd, I'd worry more about you based off that tweet. All right, fine. We'll <laughs> agree to disagree as per. Um, and also, I've got uh, I've got Neil Patterson out in Berlin, Chief. How are you, sir? Very well. Good to be on. Looking forward to the to obviously the biggest game of the season so far. So uh, we'll get into it. And uh, yeah, all good. What about yourself, sir? Yes, I'm fine. I'm I'm grand. Thanks, Chief. I'm just uh, it's cold and wet and miserable here, so I've lit the fire and. Gonna have a nice chat about the European champions, so I couldn't be happier. Um, and also out in Brazil, Nigel, I didn't know you were out here. Oh, I didn't know I was out here. No, we'll have to get a beer sometime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't know. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know I was hosting either. But sure, here we are. Um, so nice out in Berlin, <laughs> that's not the only thing. Um, all right, so. Also out in Berlin, making his debut, I've got Nigel McSweeney. Nigel, how are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, I'm not too bad, not too bad. Um, Berlin's slightly colder than Brazil, though, to be fair. But besides that, yeah, I'm all good. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to breaking my first, uh, my duck. Yeah, yeah, don't worry, we'll we'll, we'll break you in gently. <laughs> Will we fuck? All right, so, <laughs> it's City on Sunday, it's half four. I don't know, I can't remember, I don't... I don't know when half four kickoffs became a thing. It was four o'clock forever, and I think it just suddenly become half four. But anyway, it is half four, and it's going to be dark, and it's going to be at Anfield, and it's going to be fucking noisy and raucous, and it's City coming, and it's it's certainly the biggest game of the season. Um, and Dave, their record's not great at Anfield. Like, let's be honest, they haven't scored a goal in three of their last four visits. It's years since they've won there, and. This is a great city side. They've got their problems. But the first thing I wanted to talk about before we get into like team selections and, and, and X, Y, and Z is this is, a, this is a real horrible place for them. And even when we haven't been particularly good, it's been a horrible place for them over the last 10 years. And it's a little bit... Do you think that this is a little bit their Old Trafford? It's something I think... You know, look, Dave, I think we, we would all agree, and we've spoke pre-pod, the respect for Pep Guardiola is 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 with every member of this pod tonight. We we have respect for the man. But he's terrified of us. And he's terrified of, of Anfield. And the interviews that he's given in the past sort of 12 months, you know, and even, you know, go to the Amazon documentary and so on, you know, it shows a real fear of, of, of Liverpool, of Anfield. And you know his recent press performances shows that he's very, very scared of 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 our 
front players, especially Manny, clearly. Um, and this, I, you know, I, I'm not used to Pep being this flustered. I know Mourinho pissed him off a wee bit before, but this 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 is different. Um, it, it feels very different, and they do not like coming to us, and we're championing the bit to get at them. Uh, and as you say, the position that they find, they're not in a bad shape, but they're not an ideal shape. Um, you know, they're saying, oh, well, there's no injuries. Well, if you can take Sani and Laporte, who are two major injuries, out of that, uh, fair enough. I'm sure we're going to cover their defence in depth, so I'll just touch on it. That's the big question for me coming into this game is the fact that they're afraid, the fact that it's Anfield, the fact that that crowd will not stop. Um, you know, Jay was on with us there uh, the other evening after the Gank game. Apparently the bus um, reception is on. There's going to be a bus reception for the team coming in and whatnot. You know, as you say, it's under the lights of Anfield. It, it, it almost has that sort of European night feel to it. It'll have that edge to it. It'll have that atmosphere to it. You're talking about, you know, probably the biggest atmosphere we're going to we're going to get in the league this year. Maybe United will come close. But given what's at stake here, you know, it's a massive game, Dave. It's a six-pointer. I don't think Pep can afford to lose it. Uh, you know, I suggested very briefly in the, in the last pod a draw would do us better than it would do them because you have to take into consideration this is a bloody good team, Dave. And any one of the three results, you know, us losing, us winning or us drawing are, are, are all really on the table here. Uh, but I think we have enough to win it. I would tend to agree with you. and I, I, get, I get the point that, you know, the, the rent-free phrase that's been thrown around for quite some time. And I get that, I get that Guardiola is obviously concerned about us. And, and he's, and he's got... having to play Sterling as well, Dave. Who you, and it's not anymore about hatred. You know, we know if we get on his back, he doesn't perform. Yeah, and this, this feeds into the thing as well. It, it's, it's, see, it's that kind of weird thing that I just checked it out. It's 16 years since Manchester City have won at Anfield. So under that ownership, they've never, they've never won at Anfield. 2003, May 2003. So that's, you know, 16 and a half years ago. And it's strange because it makes, it's, it's the same thing as this United kind of who do with Liverpool. It makes no sense. There's not the same players there. There's not the same management there. There's not the same coaching staff there. There's nobody there that's the same. But somehow this, this weird little hoodoo um, seems to exist. And sometimes you think it doesn't matter. But as we saw at Old Trafford a few weeks ago, it, it's, it still really does. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes in football you get these uh, sort of anomalies where no matter what, it seems a team can't really, um, a certain team can't buy a win at a certain ground. But, I mean, at the same time, generally... Very few teams have a great record at Anfield. Um, obviously, there there's the odd exception that, that will prove the rule, but um, it's not a massive surprise to say that that a team has a poor record at Anfield. But given that during that that time, City, you know, from 2003, I guess until what around 2010, City are definitely a, a worse team than Liverpool. Um, they're so you wouldn't really expect them to win games at Anfield. Prior to that, of course, they're also an inferior side for for a long, long time. Uh, Down divisions as well, Neil. Like you know, they weren't a real Premier League mainstay for for a very long time. For a long time, they were in the in the in the lower leagues. 
I mean, they dropped right down to the old, wasn't it? The old um, third division, and they had to come back yeah. by by playoff. Paul Dickoff, one of the greatest yeah, games ever Paul watched, Dickoff, actually. But... And Sean Goder, and you know, through the years. Um, so you know, fair play to them for getting back to where they, where they've gotten to. Um, but you know, since then, they've obviously been this money bags club, and they've they've been winning league titles and and so on, and and now they're in the Guardiola era, and yet they still haven't got a win. And to put that in a context, Liverpool uh, were that was the Jared Houllier was manager the last time Manchester City won at Anfield, so that's um, that's a little bit of perspective there, which is why. You just don't see them necessarily having a, a shot. At, at, at why it would be a massive upset and a massive surprise if they won um, on on Sunday. It's a little bit of hoodoo. It's a little bit uh, we've been superior for for long periods, but also you know, yeah, they haven't managed to kind of flip that. It, it's one place that since they became this sort of super club, they haven't managed to kind of um, buck. A kind of an old uh, or a remnant from their from their past, shall we say, uh, something that's kind of always been with them. They haven't managed to reset that. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's obviously the biggest game of the season by a long way. It's it's one of the only two games that really matters. Uh, without wanting to to sign too kind of blasé, um, uh, you know, in in the Premier League this year, the league is clearly between these two sides and. Um, this is clearly uh, what everyone's been waiting for. So it's going to be intriguing. Uh, we'll get into, I'm sure, how we're going to approach it. But it's only a good thing for us that they have this kind of Everton-like uh, hoodoo coming to uh, coming to Anfield. Yeah, for me, guys, for me, uh, I think it's, it's more Man City's experience. Um, as you've both all said, uh, they've not been in the Premiership that long and... Uh, it, for me, it's it's these big games they're not used to, I and mean, we we see it with City when they when they come into the Champions League. They only get to a certain stage, and they just can't handle it. They haven't got the pedigree, and with if you put Anfield behind that, the the noise that the crowd make the the atmosphere, I I honestly believe they they get scared and they just they just can't deal with it. We saw we see it every year with Sterling. I mean, it's like they're playing with ten men every time. He's dropped starting in Anfield before, and it's crazy to think, considering how important and integral he's become to that side, and and how prolific he's been over the last couple of years. Um, but he's going to be forced to play him, and yeah, I mean he will, but uh, I just can't see Man City performing like the Man City that performs against any of the other Premiership teams. I just can't see it. Platform's not there, uh, Nigel. Yeah, that, yeah, that defensive platform's not there. And true. And I think that's maybe where I don't know if you guys agree. I think that's maybe where Pep's going to be compromised. That he may have to compromise his usual style because of his fear of us. Well, we saw Pep do that last year. Absolutely. We saw him. We we saw him him move away from anything even closely resembling what he would play thirty seven games out of thirty eight in the full, league. That season. was at full strength as well, Dave. You know, he didn't have the issues in defence that he would have had this season. Well, that's what I'm trying to say, though. Does he? I mean, does he honestly? The way they've been defending with and 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 knowing what he knows about Liverpool and knowing that Liverpool are have have gone up another level from last season. 
knowing that there's probably a lot more to come from this Liverpool side, given that we're only 11 games into the season and, and traditionally we don't peak or, or even really get into the season until end of November, December kicks in. Do you think when he looks at his his side at the moment, without Laporte, without company, without um, Sammy, who's the big one? I mean, to play Rodrigo. Liverpool... To- I'm sorry, I, I, can, I, can I just say, I think the big one for me here that sticks out, who's unavailable, is David Silva. Yeah. Is he definitely, definitely unavailable? From what I believe, he might play. The squad got a full bill of health, I thought, going into the Atlanta game. No, Silver was definitely out, as far as I, uh, from what, everything I saw. Yeah, well, yeah that's I've heard Davis. If Silva is definitely ruled out, then that's a, that's obviously a bonus for us as well. But well, then uh, we'll have we'll have to look after Bernardino. Uh, <laughs> I I just think my, my point is when you look at that side, he's missing he's missing his strong spine because he's not generally he's not playing Fernandinho in his best position. He's also without his. Uh, you know, he's starting, he's starting centre back. He's playing Fernandinho in there, which compromises, compromises a bit even more because he's not even a centre back and he's not really comfortable playing that role. And is he, is he sitting there is, when Guardiola looks at his squad? Is he, does he, does he back them to sit back for ninety-five minutes plus at Anfield and not concede like they did last season? Neil, I'll tell you, the only way he backs him to do that is if he plays Fernandinho instead of Rodri uh, at DM and goes Otamendi Stones on him. I'm sorry, well, Rodri, I, just, I just see pain there. Rodri hasn't been, Rodri's been injured as well. And they he said he may, is he not injured? Well, they said he may make it. He's a he is a possibility for the weekend. But even still, if you're going to put someone in there, fresh back from injury, against us, then all the fucking best guys. So if Rodri is available, I hope he does play. Do you think he'd play him and Gunnigan in the in the in the centre two sixes? Right, so and it's worthwhile. Get, we might as well get on to this conversation now, then, because I, I've been saying this. I've been saying this for a few weeks now. Like I am, I am absolutely fascinated by what he's going to do. I'm talking about how he's going to approach the game. We saw what he did last year, but the thing is, if you have a, if you have a squad which has is a, a bill of a, a full bill of health, then you can you have the option to be flexible, you know, and what. Guardiola has to consider here is where is the biggest threat going to come from Liverpool? Does does he value that nice and solidity in front of the back four more than he values having someone other than Stones and Otamendi playing centre half? So where do his priorities lie with that regard? And that's one thing. But then do they do they sit and try and counter because they don't have Sane's pace? You know they've got Mares who likes to work around the penalty area, do they try and play Pep's standard possession game, which he hasn't really done at Anfield, that hasn't been allowed to do at Anfield, and when he's tried to come and do it, we swoop them up in a whirlwind and fucking blow them away in 20 minutes. Nigel, do you, where do you think Pep goes? What do you think his approach is going to be with this sort of thing? Well, I, I've i got two, I'm in two minds about this. I, I think he could play, he could go super defensive and play the two sixes if Rodri's fit. 
and playing alongside Gunnigan. Gunnigan's not a very good uh, six anyway. Um, I think they'll certainly be missing Fernandinho if they put him in the back. But I think that's the only option. They can't play Otamendi and Stones together. We saw what a travesty that was, what a disaster that was against Norwich. They were absolutely awful, both of them. Um, so for me, I would say he's probably going to try and play safe, put two sixes in and push the two wingers out out wide and high just to push back our fullbacks. So I think he's good 4-4 and uh, one sitting behind um, Aguero if Aguero plays up front, Sterling sitting behind him. That's what I would think. It's just one of the many things that he, that he could do. And he could, I don't know, Chief, he could consolidate there. In, in front of Stones and Otamendi as well and do the sort of Arsenal thing, the sort of Emre thing where he's just like, when we when we don't have the ball, we drop deep and we we just defend the the widths and and the, the length and breadth of the penalty area. Yeah, <coughs> I, I can see where you're coming from. There, and it's interesting what Knight says about trying to uh, pin back the, the fullback. Because that's essentially what what they tried to do and, and succeeded with last season. But the big miss on that regard is is Sane. Um and without him, obviously Sterling's quick, but so is Van Dyke, you know, do you know what I mean? Um so is Trent. Um the no nobody has the pace of Sane, is what I'm getting at here. Nobody worries, nobody on the city team worries you like Sane would kind of in behind and, and you know that when you've got someone like, when you're facing someone like him, it your 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 backline always has a question mark over it. Uh, are we going to push up as far as we usually do? We're we're really going to have to watch that space in behind. And in the end, that's what killed us against them in the in the uh, away game last season. That's a big bonus. It's a big big bonus. Obviously, you never know. They're a, they're a fantastic side. They've not been in the best of form. They do struggle when they come to Anfield. They do have injury worries. And it is questionable whether they have the personnel to just sit in. I don't know. I think it could be a game a little bit more like a couple of seasons ago, as opposed to last season's kind of very tense affair. It really is is anyone's guess. The one thing we can say, Dave, is that we're not going to change our approach. And that's the one thing you can say about this this side. We we will we will tweak, and we will we'll make little adjustments here and there depending on the opposition. But we will not wholesale change our approach, even for City coming to Anfield. No, oh, and that's what and that's what I love about Klopp. Um, he doesn't compromise. Um, he it's his it's his game plan. Yes, he can tweak it with different types of players, but you know the blueprint is is pretty much cast in stone. If you look at the two managers and you look at the run up to this game. You know, does Jurgen Klopp look even under pressure at the moment? I think the pressure the man must be under uh, behind it all. And he doesn't show a bit of it. And and I think that's the difference going into this game for me, is, is the demeanour of, of, of Guardiola and Klopp. You know, Guardiola to me is the man with the problem. He's the man who needs to find the solution. Um, it's not Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp has only one solution, and that's just to go at you. And, you know, they're coming to our patch. It's it's whether or not City sit or not, and it's whether or not their fullbacks sit, um, or or you know, are maybe just not as adventurous. And I think that's a possibility. And what Neil has said there as well about Sani, like uh, that kid is is a pure athlete. It, he's a massive miss, and he does and traditionally has done us damage. I am delighted he's not there. 
mentality is a hugely underplayed and under-discussed aspect of sport at, at the top level because, let's be honest, there is very little to separate good size very very it, it, it was it was never meant to be like this for pep in england that's the other thing you know he was meant to come and sweep the boards uh nobody was meant to stand this way and and it's just not worked out that way and, and it shows yeah it does and his philosophy i don't know am i going too deep in this is is his philosophy being challenged that he feels that this is you know his way is the perfect way of playing football and all of a sudden there's this other fucking lunatic that keeps following him around from country to country playing this fucking madcap um high pressing fucking all action style of football that he just cannot get the grips with and in his head it just doesn't make any sense Dave, i, I saw club this week referred to as as pep's kryptonite and i think that that uh, yeah. just about sums it up he is. I mean, he is. But uh, you can you can sort of look at it from either way. I mean, obviously in Germany, Pep was who was the guy who came in from outside and sort of took away what could have been four or five in a row for Klopp. If you wanna, if you wanna look at it like that, in the sense that uh, you know Klopp was just kind of peaking. That was that was that was with with Dortmund when when Pep joined. Bayern Munich, and then when Pep joined, since Pep joined, I think they've won every every single Bundesliga up until now. It's a little bit payback because obviously Guardiola joined City before Klopp came to Liverpool. A couple of months he had there, um, sitting pretty, and uh, then he looks over his shoulder and guess guess who just landed? Um, so yeah, it, it's nice to see. It's it's a it's a true rivalry. Uh, they they both completely respect each other. We, we've spoken about this before. We've talked about it, but of course, Guardiola must be raging because part of him will obviously um, will obviously you know realize that having somebody like Klopp around kind of only pushes him to do even better and and, and climb even higher and that kind of thing as well. Like like all these elite. And it's a little it's a little Messi Ronaldo sort of thing. Yeah, it, it is that kind of a thing, but it's. it's it, you know, there have been big manager sort of rivalry uh, relationships in the past and stuff. And, you know, this is no different. These are the two best managers in the world. And I'm, I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying that. I think... Neil, I, I, I just want to say, I think the rivalry between Klopp and Guardiola is far surpasses the rivalry between clubs. I, I think that is the right because what is the rivalry with City over a bottle of Copperberg for fuck's sake? You know, like it's got nothing to do with City. It's 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 only about who at the moment we're only rivals with City because we're the only two teams who want to be the best, who are the best, and we want to be the best. That's why we have a rivalry. It's it's got nothing to it's do all with the very, side. It's all you know what it is. It's all very it's all very non enforced, Chief, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what it is. We're not. We wouldn't be rivals in any other way. City are completely inconsequential to us, other than the fact that they are the team that we have to beat to get to where to get to where we all want to be. And you know, just to say, right, we've won the Premier League now. Fuck you all. We're going to win another few. And that's and that's where it is. You know, we we developed a rivalry uh, with Chelsea because we were the two teams that were always sort of vying for the Champions League during the Rafa Mourinho years. And we seem to play each other 17 times a season. So we developed a, um, a rivalry. Now, 
everybody knows it's quite clear that Liverpool and City are far and away the best two teams in the country and, and everything that's important will, will come down to them and potentially even the Champions League may come down to them. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the way it is. But the club Guardiola thing is probably something that after they retire, you know, there'll, there'll be DVDs of it and all like going back to their careers. Who knows where they'll end up next, if anywhere. But um, but yeah, it's it's brilliant because they are two top top managers, and watching their games is always fascinating. Always fascinating when they're facing off, and it will be fascinating. And another another fascinating question, Nigel, is the. And we often on here, we like to play the midfield game. Which of the midfielders are going to play? For me, I see a lot of Ferguson and Klopp when it comes to these games where, you know, invariably Ferguson would rely on his, his Nicky Butts and his, his Parksy songs and his Darren Fletchers and the big games that really mattered because he absolutely trusts them. And we've seen that with Klopp, with Milner and, and Wijnaldum and Henderson and, and now Fabinho has... has almost graduated to that position. So, given the fact that for the first time in God knows how long, we actually have like a full, clean bill of health in the midfield. You've got Fabinho, Chamberlain, Genie, Kaida, Milner, Henderson's there, and always, never to be forgotten, Adam Alana. So, <laughs> what what do, what do you think he goes with and would you do something different? History shows with Klopp that he, he sticks to a certain midfield for for the big games. I think everyone knows that. It's, it's Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Hendo. The difficulty with this match is that Hendo's been going through some a bad patch of form. I think Fabinho's a sir. I think we all know that. He was arrested against Villa for this purpose, so that's fine. Uh, Genie, he play. He's been playing well. Had a few games, a few dodgy games, but generally he's 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 pretty damn good in these games. He doesn't put a foot wrong. So the the question mark for everyone generally is is Henderson. I think that's always a question mark for the midfield. Um, now, my personal opinion: if if Hendo's fit, he should play because he's our captain. I trust him, and. He he and the other two midfielders provide a good base for our wing backs to attack and our front three to work their magic. I don't see that with Chamberlain or Kaito or anyone else in our midfield, possibly besides uh, Milner. Milner could be the only other option. With Ox, he does attack. He attacks brilliantly. He's great from shooting out inside of the box. And I love that. And he's really beginning to find his feet again after that horrific injury. But I still think he's a yard off the pace when it comes defensively. Um, he's not releasing the ball quick enough. And I know Henderson's got his faults, but he he knows the the job that he need the midfield need to do. And I'm not sure uh, Ox or Kaita are quite there yet. So for me, if Henderson's fit, and he, he's over his virus, he plays. If he's not fit, I would probably still go with, I would go with Milner. Because in these big games, I think we need that stability across the midfield for our fullbacks and our front three to do what they do best. It's a very Klopp shout, 
Nigel, yeah. I'll absolutely, yeah, I'll absolutely get it. And, but, but yeah, absolutely. I'll throw this open to both you and Chief because I'm interested in, in, in your opinions in this. But we look at we look at Henderson, we look at we look at Mil. Uh, sorry, we look at Henderson and we look at Milner and we look at Ox and we look at three very different midfielders with different skill sets and what they offer. And when you look at a midfielder traditionally, you think unless he's a defensive midfielder, like a specific defensive midfielder, you look at what they can offer in an attacking sense, and that's fine. But do we fail to recognise the impact that playing, let's say, Chamberlain over Henderson could have on Trent? And the thing is, Henderson and Trent work really, really well together. Now Trent finally has a bit of cover kind of in front of him, um, and he can work triangles there with Henderson. Get And they link up really, really well. Um, he gets the protection. They they dovetail really well, and if they're both fit, they'll both start. And and the fact Henderson's the club captain, you can't you can't really look him in the eye going into city game if he's fully fit and not be starting him. Um, and there is that that thing with 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 Chamberlain where he's not quite back to his very very best. So he's he's, he's kind of got the you know, the, the goal from outside the box and, and he's starting to get his dribbling back a little bit and he's, um, you know, put pressure on against um, against Villa the other week. So we get the free kick and in the end, we get the goal from the corner and so on. And he makes it makes a big difference when he comes on. But I, I would agree that, that at the moment he is, he's right for right for half an hour, really, in, in the important games and the big games. Do you think as well, you know, the fact, there's there's a factor we haven't spoke about about our team is that, you know, it's not Joel Matip and it's not uh, Joe Gomez probably going to start this game. It's going to be Dejan Lovren. And, you know, you talk about cover for Trent. That's the biggest worry. It's not fucking Henderson. It's well, there is, that. there is that. But the interesting thing about our, our man lovers is that he has started something like... Um, what was he started the five of the last seven or something? Neil, you're gonna you got you're you're gonna give me good stats and there's no doubt about it. He he has good spells and games without it. But there's that error is always there. That well, fucking course, capitulation course is. is always and that's always the fear. And yeah, the error he, is there, but it is it is Anfield and you know he he generally has good games against City. I can't think of a game. Do you know the one thing I'll say, the one thing I'll say about Lovren, Chief is that Lovren. And I, Dave, I get what you're saying. And listen, I'm totally on board. I'm totally on board. You, you, you know, you, when when he's going for a 50-50, you know, it's almost watching the fucking match through your fingers. But the bottom throw, line Throw is, high balls at him, Dave. He'll head them away all day. No, fucking great, let, great player. Great player. No, let, listen to me. I think, see if, see if you can pick out all the bad games they've had. he's had. They're Bournemouth's and they're West Ham's and they're, they're Spurs and they're games like this, they're not the massively high-profile, important games. And, you know, if I go back to Champions League final um, in Kiev, he's probably our best player along with Manny. He was absolutely fucking excellent that night. And I don't begrudge him that performance. You know my, my feelings on Lovren, and I'm not particularly fussed uh, about him. Me neither. Resigned to the fact that he will. I know he's played against them many times before. We've had decent results. He's played well against them. I think Klopp actually kind of likes him for for this game, um, for the for City style, his style of defending. I think I think suits it. You know, it is what it is. But um, no, I, I don't think we're going to see Oxley Chamberlain from the start. It is interesting that he has had such a such a, an impact against Manchester City in his somewhat short-lived Liverpool career so far. 
Um, so you never know. It could be kind of a wild card, but I don't think he's ready. I don't think, as, as was mentioned, I don't think he's quite ready off the ball yet. I don't think he's, he's, he's quite up to speed and he's, he's quite switched on enough yet to be playing in that midfield three. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one, but I think that shot, Nigel's shot is, is, is spot on and Dave agreed as well. I think we're all going to be bored and probably pick the same midfield. And I'm with Dave, you know, if you need uh, to inject a little bit of energy or something, then then you've got Chamberlain on the bench last last 30 minutes, last 25, you know. It's a great option to have on the bench. There's no doubt about it. Well, it's just panic and it's gold. It's direct. I mean, the thing about City is, as well, one thing we've not mentioned is that if you, if you, if they're, they're most vulnerable when you have a go at them. You know? And they're, and they're, and Chief, with, with the injuries that they have, and listen, this is important. This is important. They are soft at the centre. Yeah, and soft, soft at the centre. Yeah, and if you go with that, I mean, Chamberlain is a player that, uh, you mentioned it in the pre-pod, that he, he potentially needs to needs to tone, tone it down a little bit and pick his moments a little bit better rather than just consistently turning and going. But that's what he likes to do is run a, run and, and shoot, essentially. Um, and, and that is the kind of thing that City have been susceptible to in the past and I think remain, remain so. Yeah, I agree. And I think if he's, I would like nothing more. I would love nothing more than to see whoever, whether it's Ottomendi or Stones, I don't care. But Ottomendi or Stones, Fernandinho centre half and Gundogan as the six. And if that is the case, when Oxley Chamberlain's on the pitch, I think he can cause fucking mayhem, honestly. Because the, like Fernandinho, Fernandinho's deemed probably City's best centre half at the minute. And centre mid he's, okay. it's it's absolutely fucking crazy. It's crazy. And he's a central midfielder. And the thing is, and we've seen it before, we we saw the penalty that he gave away. We we've seen the bookings that he's picked up, we've seen the red card that he's got, and he is still trying to adapt to that instinctive thing that he does when he when he brings people down or he's 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 trying to break up play. But He's ten yards further back, or he's twenty yards further back. He's sometimes in the penalty area, and even if he's not in the penalty area, there's nobody behind him. So he's either the last man to bring somebody down, or he misses the tackle instead of dropping off, and they're in. And this is, again, this is what I'm talking about, where the the centre of the team is soft, and I would wonder if, and Klopp's done this before. Klopp has done this before. He's just dropped in a fucking. Oxley Chamberlain or a Kaida away at fucking Barcelona. He's just dropped players in randomly and just thought, right, you're ready, or this is the game for you. I'm what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't for that reason, I wouldn't be hugely surprised. And given his history against City that we've talked about, I wouldn't be shocked if I saw that that Chamberlain was starting to hit a Henderson. I really wouldn't be. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I think you're absolutely Right in what you're saying, that you wouldn't be shocked. I don't think I'd be shocked. I would be, I would be mildly surprised, but I don't think I would be shocked. And I mean, you, you'd be able to see the logic because I'd be saying exactly the same things we've just said. You know, oh, well, he's you know played well against him before. You know, said he's soft in the center and so on. And it is all true. But I still would be slightly surprised if he started like. Yeah, I'd be slightly surprised, but I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked. But it wouldn't be the wouldn't be the maddest shot. Like definitely not. No, I think, to be honest, I think Gomez ahead of Lovren would be a matter of shouting that. Yeah, but again, not beyond the realms. 
seems unlikely. But I would go, I would go for Gomez. <laughs> you would always go. You'd play me instead of fucking Lovren, Dave. I oh, might play my dog instead of Lovren. <laughs> oh, it does worry me that Lovren's playing as well. Dave, it's, it's just really the magnitude of the game, and just he's a, just at times he just thinks he's <laughs> fucking Listen, crazy, and it worries. I understand. Me. We've been scarred, and we've been scarred to the point where those scars will not heal. And I understand that. But as Chief rightly said, it it is it is what it is, and we're just going to have to suck it up and try and take a little bit of confidence in the fact that when his head's really in it and he really wants to put a performance in, he can. So let's just hope that that's the case, guys. I'm, I want to come to predictions, and then I want to look a little bit farther on. So, Dave, give me a prediction. I'm going two 0 loss. Okay. All right. Chief, and, I, and, I, and I'll go further. I think Salah scores both of them. Oh, cheeky. All right. Okay. Chief? Yeah, um, let's see. We haven't kept any clean sheets in God knows how long. I can't remember the last time we kept a clean sheet. Um, Burnley away, I think. Yeah, I'm probably not backing us to do so against City. Um, I think, though, we, we, we have them where we want them. Um as I mentioned earlier, so I think it, it could be a could be a three-one. Okay, all right, Nigel. Well, yeah, I'm kind of agreeing with uh, Chief there. Um, I, for me, I think City are going to employ dark arts like like United did, like Chelsea did, slow the game down, uh, try and quieten the crowd in the first 15, 20 minutes, really frustrate us. So I I, I can see them scoring. Um, so I would probably say 2-1, 3-1 to us. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 because I feel that 2-1 uh, just seems to be our favourite score at the minute. And to be honest, we've just had a real habit of doing, just doing enough. We just do enough and we do no more than that, but it's always enough. So I'm I'm going to go 2-1. Let's say, and let's just let's just play the game because I think it's really fun. I'd just then, love to see us be, be really on it. I don't. We don't. That, we don't need to win four, five, six. I, I just mean be really on it. You know, be play play at our best. Do you know what I want? I, I want the three points, obviously, but I want City going off the pitch, and I want them thinking to themselves after playing against us, nobody's going to beat them. They've a nice two week international break to get it into their heads as well. Well, that's it. Well, that's it. But I want them going off the pitch, going. That was just too hard, and if that was just too hard, it was too hard, and I don't want to play them ever again. And do you know what? If they play like that every week, nobody's going to beat them. But So there's no fucking point anymore. Do you not feel it was a bit like that whenever they came off the pitch at Wembley at the start of the season? Because I do. Uh, I'm talking about the second half performance. They couldn't live with us. Maybe. And the thing is, so, Nigel, I'm going to come to you here. This is, this is what I was going to go on to. The thing is, bear everything that we've just said in, in mind, and, and Dave makes a really good point from the, from the community shield, if we do do what we all think we're going to do and go away with a three point and go nine points clear, let's look at let's let's consider the fixtures. We've played we've played Chelsea, we've played we've played Chelsea away, we've played Leicester, we've played Arsenal, we've played United away, and I'm going to throw Sheffield United in here just for sits and giggles because they're the best defensive record in the league and they're sixth in the table. And aside from Spurs, who somehow with the worst defensive record away from home in the Premier League in the last calendar year City still didn't beat them at home this represents this game itself 
is not just this game itself, but it represents a huge opportunity considering what is to come. Totally. Uh, City have got, well, as you said, uh, City have got a lot of the harder teams to come, basically. We've gone through our hard patch as far. I think this is the final game probably in our hard patch. Uh, once we get it, once we uh, sweep City aside, I think we, we've got a, an easier run, well, barring the... 20-odd games we've got in December, but generally the teams are outside the top six, if I'm correct, uh, and we've pa- we've played most of the top six six already. Um, so, yeah, I think City, City are going to find it a lot more difficult in the next couple of months, uh, next two months, I would say, with the teams they've got to face. Chief, there's, a, there's an opportunity here. That this... Well, I mean, you're looking at it, and City have got us, then it comes the international break. Then they've got Chelsea at home. Then they're they're away at Newcastle. They they got beat by Newcastle last season, didn't they? They are. They did us all a favour last year. Yep. Yep. They are. Uh, then then if to go away to Burnley. Then they've got the Manchester derby. Should be. I mean, should be should be fairly run of the mill. Uh, that one. I mean, United's away record is absolutely shocking. Although you did mention the Spurs result earlier, so but yeah, I mean they they generally got tough games, you know. Even, even I, is Leicester after, right after United? After that, yeah, they're away at Arsenal. Then they've Leicester. Then they're away at Wolves, who they've already lost to. And they struggled, day. and they struggled against last year as well. So that, that yeah, that's, that's a fucking run of fixtures. That and so as, you mentioned early, as you mentioned earlier on, Chief, that that's. And this is why I think this is so significant. That's the, this is the point of the season that we're talking about with their fixtures, where we really hit our stride. Well, traditionally, or not traditionally, I was the wrong word, but so far under Klopp, we saw it last year in particular, we peak in December. Last year we won all eight games in December. Now this year it's a bit of a balls because we've got this World Club Championship. and we don't 18 really know. games this December, Neil. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't really know how that's going to pan out, but you know, to be fair, there are a couple of games that are going to get rearranged and they'll probably just get shunted to the end of the season. So we we'll probably, probably won't end up having to play that many, but it's just going to be a balls having to fly to Qatar and play those games and, and whatever. So we don't know how it's going to go. But if we do hit our purple patch in December, as we did last season, I think it's fair to say that we, despite winning, and getting great results, we haven't really hit our stride yet, and everyone everyone's saying that anyway. Pundits are saying that, whatever. And um, you know, last year we didn't, we hadn't hit our hit our stride at this point. It doesn't look like we have. So if we do hit our stride, and that coincides with playing sort of teams in the in the bottom half of the league, and we just go on and keep winning games. Man City have got it all to do because their November and December, particularly December, is pretty difficult. You know, you're you're looking at only only top six clubs at the moment. Arsenal, well, top top six and, and pretenders for that. Arsenal, United, Leicester, Sheffield United. You mentioned Wolves have picked it up again. They've got um, Chelsea in there, as we said. We've got tough aways at Newcastle, away at Burnley. There is definitely an opportunity. If you go now, if we we win this, we go nine points clear. So so that's a huge lead to begin with. But if you can potentially extend that another three points, I mean, all you really need to do is extend another three points, and and by Christmas you're looking at a 
at an almost insurmountable lead. It would it would it would take some collapse. I mean, City don't are not going to have Vincent Company to bring back this season. I mean, they may have Leroy Zane to bring back this season into after January. Who knows? It's certainly I can see what you're getting. That's certainly an opportunity. Should we take three points at the weekend to to then go on and and maybe build up an even even bigger lead by by the time we get to to January. On to Sunday, on to the biggest game of the season so far, on to what some will in hyperbole call a, a title-defining fixture. And, you know, let's all be fair here, based on last season, it it very well could be um, once we get to the end of the year and, and, and reflect on things. So until after this <laughs> hugely fucking stressful event in the football calendar... Guys, thanks for um, joining me tonight. All right, yes, wonderful. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. To- <laughs> yeah, well, we're, do- we're, we're doing this again, are we? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I kind of got lost a wee bit. I kind of got lost a wee bit. I got distracted by thinking about the game, actually, for the first time since we started. Hey, Dave, don't tell them not to forget to smash the like button. <laughs> not asking anybody to smash a like button. David, I had a discussion. David, I had a discussion around this tonight. Uh, no, we're not asking you to smash the like button. Thank you very much for listening. That's enough. <laughs> no, no smashing of any sort of buttons um, or any of that kind of hipster juvenile chat that people say nowadays. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yes, down, down with that sort of thing. Absolutely. All right, until after then, up, up the fucking champions elect Reds. <laughs> <laughs>